American Catholic History is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. Hello, and welcome to American Catholic History. If you like our podcast, be sure to rate us and give us a review wherever you get your podcast. I'm Noelle Heaster-Crow. And I'm Tom Crow. Today we're talking about the miraculous staircase of Loretto. This is a rather intriguing story of faith, unexplainable coincidences, and the nature of divine intervention. Yeah, depending on whom you listen to, it's either a case of a miraculous construction project by St. Joseph himself, who worked with heavenly wood, and it still stands only because of the constant intervention of God, or it is just an incredible construction project by a highly skilled carpenter who showed up at the right place at the right time with the right wood and tools, and who was then content to just disappear into history. But even if it's as mundane as the latter version, it's still an incredible sequence of events that must make one wonder just how much of a role God played in directing the carpenter. But the story really is too incredible for mere chance. So let's talk about where and why and how this miraculous staircase came into being. Right. So in 1850, the first bishop of the Vicariate of New Mexico, the Frenchman Jean-Baptiste Lamy, invited women's religious orders to come to Santa Fe to establish a school for girls. The Sisters of Loretto out of Kentucky responded and sent six sisters. It was a rough journey and the Mother Superior died along the way. But the other five sisters made it in 1853 and opened their school. Twenty years later, they had raised the capital to begin building a chapel. One nice help they had was the presence of two French architects, Antoine Molly and his son Projectus. Bishop Lamy had started building his cathedral in 1868, and since he was irrepressibly French, he brought architects from France to build a church that reminded him of home. And if you ever go to Santa Fe and see the Cathedral Basilica of St. Francis of Assisi, it is a beautiful Romanesque revival church but it is strikingly out of place amidst the adobe and typical southwestern architecture of Santa Fe. The same is certainly true of the Sisters' Gothic Revival Chapel. Oh yeah. Projectus Moli, the son, took on the project of designing the Sisters' Chapel. It includes buttresses and spires and tall pointed archways and stone vaulting and stained glass windows imported from France. The choir loft above the doorway was built a full 20 feet above the floor of the nave. This chapel, dedicated as Our Lady of Light, was actually patterned after Saint-Chapelle in Paris, which was Bishop Lamy's favorite church. And if you've been to Saint-Chapelle, you understand why. This church was substantially completed and was consecrated in 1878, but one of the last things to be completed was the staircase to the choir loft. The complication is that the architect, Projectus Moly, died in 1879 without leaving plans for any staircase. Other builders were brought in, but all they could suggest was building a conventional staircase. This wasn't an option due to how much floor space it would take up, reducing the amount of seating to an unacceptably low number. So the Good Sisters did what any God-fearing community of religious women would do. They prayed a novena to St. Joseph, the patron saint of carpenters. Exactly. Some priest friends of mine, when they ask religious women to pray a novena for a very specific intention, refer to it as calling in an airstrike. They say the prayers never fail and are frequently answered in spectacular, if unexpected, ways. This one certainly seems to fit that bill. Spectacular and completely unexpected. And how. So the sisters prayed a novena to St. Joseph. On the ninth day of the novena, a carpenter showed up at their door with a cartload of wood, some very basic hand tools, and an offer that they couldn't refuse. He would build them a staircase that would not interfere with their seating. All he asked in return was that he be left alone to work. 
The sisters agreed. The only time they were in the chapel for the ensuing months that he worked was for their prayer, during which time he would leave. The sisters reported noticing wood soaking in large vats of water, but not much else. Months later, when the project was completed, the carpenter vanished as quietly as he had arrived, not even showing up for the banquet the sisters had prepared to thank him. He was gone. He was gone. There was no record of him anywhere. No bill. None of the lumber yards or building supply sellers had any records of him making any purchases. Nothing. Everything he used, he had brought with him, and then he disappeared. So what kind of a staircase did he leave behind? An entirely improbable one. It is a spiral staircase that makes two complete 360-degree turns as it rises 20 feet. Now, spiral staircases were nothing new. But this one has no central supporting column, just the inner and outer wooden stringers bent round into helixes. So if you think of what DNA looks like, that's what we're talking about. And he included no special connectors to anchor it at the top or the bottom. To accomplish the helix shape is no small feat. I've dabbled a bit in fine woodworking. My dad actually started a cabinetry and carpentry business the year that I was born. So I grew up around woodworking, its tools and techniques, and, you know, how wood behaves. To make the helix, the pieces of wood had to be bent in two directions. Now, bending wood in one direction is difficult but doable, given time, vats of water, and the right clamps and forms. But bending wood in two directions is extremely difficult. The grain structure of the wood really resists. So to do this alone, and to accomplish the level of precision needed to make this staircase as perfectly as he did, well, that's where the divine intervention really starts entering in. And he used no nails in construction, only wooden pegs and some glue. The wood that it is made of is another mystery. It is definitely some sort of spruce, but it is not a species native to southwestern United States. The nearest it would come from would be somewhere in Canada. So there are multiple mysteries surrounding this staircase. Yes. Who was the carpenter? Why did he arrive on the same day they were finishing their novena to St. Joseph? Where did he get the wood and why did he bring it so far? And how did he build that amazing staircase by himself with such basic tools? And one more fun element... The staircase has exactly 33 stairs. A pretty significant number for Christians. Certainly, the age Christ was when he was crucified. You've already talked about the mysteries of the wood and the construction. Let's talk about the identity of the carpenter. Well, the sisters tried to find out who he was. They put ads in the paper. They asked around to lumberyards and building supply places, but no one had any idea. He hadn't bought anything from any of them. So given the available evidence, the sisters came to believe that it really was St. Joseph or an angel sent by him. Like Clarence? Yes, angel, second class, working to get his wings. <laughs> okay, but there is a known possibility of who it might have been. Yes, in 1984, historian Mary Straw published a book that was the result of seven years of research on the Loretto Staircase. In her research, she found an 1881 record of a payment for wood to a man named François-Jean Rocas. Rocas was apparently a member of a French secret society of highly skilled craftsmen and artisans called Les Compagnons, and Rocas had come to Santa Fe specifically to build that staircase with wood imported from France. Rocas then stayed in New Mexico and lived out his days in nearby Dog Canyon. So that may actually explain who the builder was, but even if it was Rocas, and we can explain the physics and construction of the staircase, it doesn't mean that there's nothing miraculous here. Miracles don't always mean the spectacular, unnatural occurrence like the sun dancing at Fatima. No, I mean, what is a miracle at root? Miracles are direct interventions by God into the natural sphere. Miracles are phenomena that defy reason and perhaps the laws of nature to show God's glory. Miracles are meant to inspire or affirm faith. They can be spectacular, but they can also be more mundane. 
In the situation of this staircase, we have the sisters pray novena, and on the ninth day, an unknown carpenter shows up with simple tools and on his own builds a staircase that would challenge modern builders with modern technologies, and then he disappears. It is possible for a carpenter to show up. It is possible to build this staircase. It is possible for a man to do something without seeking payment or applause. But for all of these to come together in such a manner, well, it just stretches the limits of terms like coincidence and chance to deny at least the possibility that God directly intervened and thus it was miraculous. And after all, the sisters had called in an airstrike. Indeed they had. An interesting test of the stairs' power to inspire awe happened in April of 2018. A convention of the Stair Builders and Manufacturers Association took place in Santa Fe. During one of the social periods, a few dozen stair-building professionals went into the chapel to examine and gape at the staircase. Many had their opinions on how it could have been done. Some say they could see French inspiration in its construction and design, but all were in awe and all agreed that it was a phenomenal achievement, especially for its day. Some even went so far as to admit at least some level of divine intervention in its construction. Indeed. About 10 years after it was completed, a handrail was added because some of the sisters were so terrified of using it, many would actually crawl down on their hands and knees. About that same time, a metal bracket was added to anchor the top of it to a nearby pillar, but it wasn't actually necessary and has caused some problems. The chapel of Our Lady of Light and the staircase were in constant use until 1968 when the Loretto School closed down. The other buildings of the campus were torn down and the chapel was sold to be a private museum and a space for weddings, which it continues to be today. For a long time, it has been one of the top tourist attractions in Santa Fe, still inspiring wonder and awe. You've been listening to American Catholic History on the StarQuest Production Network. If you've been enjoying our podcast, please be sure to give us a rating and a review. To learn more about today's topic, to find previous episodes, and to send feedback, please visit sqpn.com history. You can email us at history at sqpn.com or follow StarQuest on social media at facebook.com slash starquestmedia or on Twitter at sqpn. I'm Noelle Heaster Crow. And I'm Tom Crow. Thank you once again for joining us on American Catholic History on StarQuest. <laughs>